Okay, so for today's expose, we are doing Vindicator. He also is known as Guardian or Weapon Alpha. He's got all kinds of names. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, he is uh, named, his name is James Hudson. And he is a founding member of Alpha Flight, which is like the Canadian like superhero team. Oh my God. Canadian <laughs> and he is supposed to be like the equivalent of Captain America. He's like, I'm Captain America, but Canadian. So that's why I'm cool like that. <laughs> um, and he, his first appearance was the X-Men number 109 in February, 1978, created by Chris Claremont and John Bird. Oh, um, what's his powers? You know, what's interesting is he technically doesn't have any. The suit is what gives him powers, much really? like uh, Captain Britain. Oh, interesting. Okay, so he's just a man roaming through the woods who gets a suit. He's like, yes. <laughs> yep. Actually, so that makes him very similar to. Like you said, Captain America, because Captain America got augmented powers through the mm -hmm. experiment, so. Yeah. There you go. That's him. And much like you said, <laughs> Vindicator has gone between Vindicator and Guardian multiple times. He trades off with his wife, who is currently Vindicator. <laughs> yes, and that was a new revelation to me. <laughs> yeah. I was, this, this episode started getting to it, but he's like, Heather, I'm like, Heather? Who's Heather? Hello? <laughs> right? like, oh, Heather! What an what interesting name. It just seems like such a like a valley girl name. Heather! Oh my god, Heather! <laughs> I know, they really do just throw us in. Like, who the fuck's Heather? And why are <laughs> yelling for her? I was so confused. <laughs> well, let's get into it. I go. I wanna go. Gene! Gene? Welcome to Hanging with the Hollowells. My name's Sean. I'm the ultimate excavationist. Ooh, and I'm something of an ex-fan myself, Kevin. <laughs> I love yours. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about first Repo Man and then externally yours. That is a loud cleaner outside. <laughs> do you hear that? I do, but not as, much, not as badly as I was expecting to. Okay. All right, so Repo Man, this one, Kevin, this is exciting because it was actually written by Len Wynn. Mm. Have you ever heard that name ever? I have. He Who's actually is, yeah, he's the creator of Wolverine. So he actually wrote a few of these episodes, which Julie and Eric very highly praised because when you get an original writer from the comics, like that's it's, credibility yeah. right there. Especially if you know, a guy that created Wolverine writing a Wolverine episode, it feels very, you know, yeah, authentic. Yeah, I, I believe all three episodes that he did, I believe it's three, it might only be two, but they're all Wolverine-centric. So they knew what they were doing with Mr. Wynn. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, but before I get too far... Previously on Salve for X... <laughs> <laughs> previously, previously. <laughs> <laughs> There's that cleaner again. There's that cleaner. Oh, the cleaners. We don't like them. No. There we go. Okay, so. On Till Death Do Us Part, we asked the question of do you like Mr. Sinister as a Freudian doctor from the late 1800s who is transformed by apocalypse or as a child making an affectation of evil? What are your thoughts on this one, Mr. Kevin? Oh, didn't I give it in that episode? I think I did. Where like, yeah. um, I mean, 
in theory, the the manifestation intrigues me more, but ultimately I'm happy with what we got just because it, it the Sinister character would have cha- changed completely otherwise. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he evolved the way he needed to. Yeah. And the next question was, what character do you want to see Alice in Court voice in X-Men 97? So I said Magic. Who was your final pick? You said Magic. I, I still think, I mean, Magic would be really good I th- when you brought that up, I think. <laughs> um, but we also mentioned her being like Kitty Pride would, would be pretty cool, too. So I would be okay with either one of those. Yeah, I'm more of a Magic fan, so I'd lean more towards her. But yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy with either, like you said. Yeah. All right, so Repo Man aired November 20th, 1993, and it was directed, once again, by Mr. Larry Houston. All right. (laughs) Is it me? It's you first. Okay, I start. (laughs) Wolverine walks through the wilderness yelling for Heather! (laughs) (laughs) Heather, Bones come up and trap him as Vindicator splodes him from the ground. He admitted he called Wolverine out here as a ruse. Heather didn't call him. The other members of Alpha Flight attack Wolverine from behind. They aim to take him back. Mm, Okay, this is weird because Wolverine kept saying shaman. I'm like, why is he saying it shaman? Isn't it shaman? Yeah, I always think of it as shaman as well. I'm like... I'm thinking maybe Cal did not know how to say the word properly. <laughs> or maybe. Knew what, maybe knew what the word is like, shaman. Like, do you know what a shaman is? I don't know what a shaman is. I know what a shaman <laughs> is, but sure. Uh, <laughs> shaman pulls a staff out of his Harry Potter bag and distracts Wolverine long enough for Aurora and Northstar to pick him up. Twin, sister, brother, love it. Mm. Wolverine frees himself <laughs> and houses in the trees as Alpha Flight leaves. It's kind of ironic now that I think about it that, like, North Star is gay, but the only way he gets powerful is by holding a girl's hand. <laughs> <laughs> I trust him. That's fucked, yeah. Marvel. That's fucked. <laughs> you know? You know? So um, I thought I, Wolverine was very sweet to save the owl lady. Cause <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was under a tree. She's like, I'll grab you, even though you're fine fighting you. I'll save you. I'm like, aw. Aw. Yeah, he seems like he actually does care about these people. Just like everything was gone about the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> so I put this as a cameo because we got Vindicator, Puck, Shaman, Snowbird, Aurora, North Star, and Sasquatch. Come out, come out, you are. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. Yes. So, and all of these were, um, they first appeared together, all together in Uncanny X-Men 120, April 1979. Okay. And a lot of these I didn't know. I knew, I knew a few of them. Like I knew the North Star and Aurora, but, um, like the Owl Lady, I'm like, who's this Owl Lady? I was like, I don't know you. I don't know this puck man who's always just flipping around in a ball. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny because, like, especially Puck and Sasquatch have been in um, the Sword comics. Like, they are on a space station in, like, a new Alpha Flight. So they've become kind of, like, deeper characters. Of course, so has um, Northstar. Ever since they've been more open about him being gay, he's become, like, an icon for the gays. Sure. And Aurora started becoming a thing later on in the book. She's actually sleeping with... Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh, that's right. I totally forgot. Cuz I'm like not up to I'm not up to date with the modern times, but yes, that's right. Yeah. Look at, look at her. Like, look at her. <laughs> so I guess out of all these, we don't really see Shaman too much anymore and uh Vindicator and Guardian we don't really see as much. Yeah. All right. Wolverine flashes back to when he was held captive in a lab and the adamantium was bonded to him. Wolverine's healing factors would allow the experiment to work. Wolverine's hands start itching and he pops claws. They allow him to break out of the tube and escape. The lab is exploding and Wolverine ditches his efforts to get the professor and escapes into the wilderness. Hmm. 
So at this time, Kevin, it wasn't canon yet that Wolverine had bone claws. So we're going to actually see an episode later, actually, funny enough, written by Len Wein, who, where Wolverine actually is wearing, like, those claws that yeah. you hold in your fist. So, like, that's why it wasn't canon. When Wolverine was first imagined, he was supposed to be, like, a young, like, hot dude. <laughs> and then the first time they took off his mask, it turned out he was an old dude who was Canadian, which wasn't the creator's um, idea for him. And then the original plan was that he wore, like, gloves with the claws. So they weren't oh. actually attached to him. Okay. So he's gone through a lot of changes. Ch-ch-ch-changes. <laughs> There's even... Okay. There's a comic that kind of explains, like, why he leaves Canada so fast. It's really, like, fascinating. It's called Original Sin. One of his memories that was erased is that he was supposed to kill the professor... So he did this series of things to get known to the professor. So, like, he fights the Hulk to, like, start a name for himself. And then he joins Alpha Flight to show the professor, like, hey, look, over here. I'm over here. I'm working on a team. <laughs> so that way the professor would recruit him and get him close. Uh, <laughs> so when the professor so it's a, found it's a diss to those people that he's like, yeah, just like me so I can leave you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the professor, like, messed up his mind to make him, like, forget a lot of it. Like, wow. you don't want to kill me, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is some shady stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's why some people think the professor is, like, not the greatest. Yeah. He's he's much more of a jerk than Scott. That's all I got to say. Stop trying to make Scott happy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I love him so much. Heather! Right. <laughs> Heather! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Back at the manor, Jean is finally looking for the professor. She scans through a number of mutants with Cerebro. Cyclops, Rogue, and Gambit creepily watch from behind. Cyclops mansplains how Cerebro works to Gambit. <laughs> man, come on, man to man. You don't understand? She's, work she's using Cerebro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that thing that's been here this whole time that you should know about, but I'm still going to explain it to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin, did you notice all the cameos that were going on here? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. There's a lot that came through. I don't know if I got them all. I saw, I know I saw Psylocke for sure, because she spoke out to me. Or she, like, you know, I'm like, ooh, I haven't seen her ever. So she's new. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think... There was like, I think I saw a Nightcrawler in there. I don't remember all of them, but. All right. Well, that's okay because I wrote them down. We've okay. had Domino, Nightcrawler, Archangel, Cannonball, Psylocke, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch. Oh, so the, the Magneto kids that might not be Magneto kids anymore. Like they keep bringing in that. I know, I that. hate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right. We've actually seen all of these before, except for Archangel and Psylocke. I can't remember if we saw Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch before. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. No. Mm -mm. Cool. All right. Back in his tree, Wolverine watches as Alpha Flight searches for him. How does he say it? Shaman. Um, yeah. <laughs> rocks the ground to bring Wolverine out. Alpha Flight, subdue him together. Wolverine tells Vindicator he won't work for him. Vindicator says, fuck your drag. We want them bones. Mm. Mm. Them bones, them bones. Them bones. Bone me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Five. Or is it four? No, five. Okay. <laughs> Wolverine wakes up to find himself questionably shirtless and shackled. Oh, what did they do to me? Did I have a better night than I think I did? All right. <laughs> Heather walks in and admits she is <laughs> she admits she is running the project and did in fact set Wolverine up. She's like, "It was you all along. They told me it wasn't you, but it was you. Oh my goodness gracious, Heather!" 
<laughs> Ace of Priest. <laughs> In a flashback, we see Stripper Wolverine walking bareback through the wilderness. He's <laughs> he sees Heather and James with a gun and attacks them. Heather shoots him full of drinks, right? <laughs> he wakes up in Heather and James's house. Heather is surprised when he pops his claws and gets free. We get a montage of Wolverine being helped by the couple. They bring him into Department H as they and Wolverine to Alpha Flight. Wolverine demands to be repaid by finding out why they did this to him. And he also wants to be called Wolverine. Yeah. So were these people, these Heather and James, were they just regular people that like were recruited by a, a department H or were they already working for them and decided to use him? I'm trying to, in the show, it seems like they come across him by accident. I think in the comics, there's more to it, though, if I remember right. I think it okay. was more purposeful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Questions. Every, everybody <laughs> just wants to use him. <laughs> yeah. Kevin. What? I love this scene <laughs> when Heather is, like, helping him and his claws pop. And they're both like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. It's so dramatic. <laughs> They're like, was I pet? Was I helping you a little too nicely, Wolverine? Did I, did I pet you a little bit? I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. Is that your? Is that your your claws? You're just happy to see me. Oh yes. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So that's they go. There's there's their faces. They're oh, they're shocked. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, scene seven. Back in the present, Wolverine is still talking to Heather, Vindicator, and Jason. Oh yeah, Jason. He's Jason. like, I'm, Jay- I'm Jason. I'm I work for this Department H over here. Uh, <laughs> from Department H, I keep want to say Preparation H when it comes to Jason, but. <laughs> He needs it. That's, that's what I get the feeling about. So, uh, but Jay, they come in and tell Wolverine they brought him home to make do on their investment. They want to test Wolverine to see how he survived. Like, hmm. And Vindicator is still mad at Wolverine. He's like, he left us. He left us. I know. Get over it. <laughs> he throws a tantrum and leaves. Heather is ready to start the test, but not too gentle. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I'm gonna be really nice, and he's like, but not too nice, not too gentle, because we we want to have him suffer. He's such a Jason's mm. creepy. I know. I like a little bit of sadomasochism. There we go. You've broken me. <laughs> uh, I never know what's going to come out. It's crazy. <laughs> Back in the Savage Land, Professor X is amazed by the Savage Land, and Magneto does his best to ignore him. They're ambushed. They are ambushed by Vertigo. She makes them dizzy and fall down. Professor X cuts the bridge they're on to escape. They calmly walk away. <laughs> Hey, thanks for your time. Bye. (laughs) And um, this, I did not know who this person was. I just called her Groovy Savage White Old Lady Storm. (laughs) Rolls right off your tongue. (laughs) Because she's like Storm, but she's like definitely less energy. She's like, I'm a little older and I can't really get get that that out loud, but I still have it in me. And so she just... Compensates with this like really groovy outfit, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so this is Vertigo. She was first in Marvel Fanfare number one in March of eighty two. So she was born two years mm. before me. Oh wow! And she's able to induce extreme disorientation, nausea, and unconsciousness. Oh, craziness! But you know what's cooler than that? What? 
Covered in scorpions. <laughs> covered in scorpions. I mean, I was getting those vibes. I really was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the lab, Heather experiments on Wolverine. Through his pain, Wolverine is able to be felt physically. Oh, by Gene. Psychically. <laughs> oh, sorry. Psychically. There we go. <laughs> You're horny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, physical, but psychical. <laughs> Psychically by Jean. There we go. That's a little bit more in my sense. Okay. <laughs> she takes off Cerebro and explains what she felt to the class. She's like, I feel Wolverine, but I don't know where he is. And I don't know what happened to him, but he's there. I can tell you that. <laughs> she tells them Wolverine is in pain and they can't do anything about it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but the scene seemed pointless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, why? Why? I mean, it doesn't change anything. <laughs> yeah. Wolverine's in a lot of pain. Ow. We can't do anything. Let's, do you want to go to lunch? <laughs> <laughs> just, I just had to show you that I can use the rebro again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not to find the professor. <laughs> right. <laughs> Back at the lab, Puck and Snowbird listen in on the experiment. Heather abruptly stops the probe. She's concerned the experiment is too painful. Jason wants to cut Wolverine open and pull out the skeleton. Heather rebels and tries to free Wolverine. Jason sends Vindicator to stop Heather. Heather Heather opens the door and lets in Alpha Flight. Yeah. And so, like, it's funny. I there was a part I think that happened earlier where they're like, "How did you survive the process? We want to experiment on you to see how you survived the first experiment." He's like, "I'm a mutant, you dimwit." Right, <laughs> like, I heal. Yeah, duh. <laughs> duh. What do you think? And it's like, yeah, I'm like people are stupid. <laughs> yeah, but that's how scientists are, though. They always need like actual proof. They can't like, just use yeah, like like hard evidence. Yeah. Yeah, I hate science. Oh. No, I don't. <laughs> science. Okay, 11. Mm-hmm. Wolverine breaks out of his shackles and joins the fight. He's stopped by Vindicator. Heather stops Wolverine from killing James. That's my husband. I still love him. <laughs> Wolverine threatens the group, then runs off. But I'm like, I'm, it's get this part where I'm just like, divorce your husband, Heather. Like, he doesn't seem like a very nice guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's not. I think they do eventually like divorce just because he's such a jerk. Yeah. Ugh. He even like sided with Department H against Heather for a minute. I was like, what are you doing? That's your And he wife. was like, yeah, and she was like trying to stop the experiments and he like goes up to her and just like holds her down and stuff. Like, really? You're going to be this much of a dick to your wife? Like, yeah. Divorce him right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that abruptly brings us to the end of the episode. Wolverine just runs off, as he does. Yes. Lost in the wilderness. Yes. <laughs> All right. Would so. you say this is extreme or exit out? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Uh, sure. Uh, hmm. huh. I don't know. I mean, I like it, but it's still not what I love just because it's very Wolverine-centric, but I do like it. I... I guess I'll extreme it, but a very light extreme. Yeah, I'd agree, because, like, it is good writing. I just don't really care about Alpha Flight. Yeah, right. (laughs) But we do get to see Wolverine's, like, history, which is cool. So, yeah, it's it's an extreme. Yeah. And um, who would you say is the MXP? Well, I was thinking about doing Gene, but... (laughs) No, it's Wolverine, obviously. Um... (laughs) Uh, it's just his story. I mean, it makes sense. And he's he's he made me laugh. He's still being the smart guy. And he's still being protective of the people that he doesn't have to protect. So, yeah, he's good. I actually said Heather because even though she's the only cross in there. Yeah. She's still like, I like that she's like somebody who's going to do it. So it might as well be someone who cares about you. And she does like yeah. make good on freeing him in the end. But mm-hmm. it's not a great situation overall. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. What would you say is the X Factor? So the X Factor I have is that we got to see some Weapon X history stuff, which I think at this point 
is quintessential X-Men because I think they do that in every X-Media that's existed. So the fact that we see that, I'm like, yeah, it's just what we know for, as X-Men to be. And it's just some of that lore and it's great. The iconography of it. Yeah, they've managed to like somehow oversaturate, but not, <laughs> not um, what's the word I'm trying to think? Like, it's not old. They keep adding yeah. to the lore of what X... Um, the Weapon the X next, project was, yeah. but it just makes it more interesting and more mysterious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is cool. We're seeing the beginning of it. And the story wasn't that old yet in the comics when this came out. So it's cool that they're like taking it on early and giving what the viewers want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So are we ready to move on to our second episode, Externally Yours? I think so. I think we is. Awesome. All right. And on this expose, and this is kind of funny because we're highlighting Gambit. There's been a lot of like argument back and forth because uh, technically his first appearance was the Uncanny X-Men Annual number 14 in July of 1990. But some people say it was the Uncanny X-Men number 266, which was August 1990. And the reason there's some like debate is I think it goes off of the month because it says it was released in July, but it was, I think, technically released after Uncanny X-Men 266, if I remember correctly. So chronologically, his first appearance is Uncanny X-Men, even though like it came out later <laughs> okay mm-hmm. all right because in this one it's weird storm is like trapped as a little girl with no powers and she's on the run in the in the streets and she comes across gambit who helps her and this is like the start of their friendship yeah cool and he was created by chris claremont who wrote him and jim lee who drew him two huge powerhouses you're gonna see kevin a lot of our favorite characters all go back to chris claremont (laughs) that's but uh he can uh manipulate kinetic energy which he usually does through charging uh inanimate objects oh and it says one of his abilities here is his superhuman charm oh i'm a chama i'm a chama All right, so Externally Yours, this aired December 4th, 1993, written by Julianne Clem, directed by Mr. Larry Houston. Mm-hmm. We see an X-Jet that just crashed. Cyclops is being stalked by just about everything. The scene fades and Cyclops is in the Donger room. He tells Gambit to crank it up. Gambit does and then gets a phone call. He leaves to take it basically leaving Cyclops alone on hard mode. Above, someone tells Gambit that Bobby is in trouble. He mentions the tithe and shit gets real. So they can actually get hurt in the danger room. I always thought that was just like, I mean, maybe somebody, maybe just someone has to regulate it for it so they don't, I guess. Yeah, because in the danger room, it's hard light manipulation. So it's said it's like light projections that can feel real. Yeah. But... We find out later that Professor X put on, like, a safety mode where it can't actually, like, hurt anybody. Um, what's the word? Uh, like, danger. They can't take anybody's life, I guess. Okay. Okay. So you can you can still, like, get your bruises and stuff, but you can't, like, die from it. Right. Okay. And that becomes, like, a big story element later with the danger room. Gotcha. <laughs> but not because, in the yeah, show. Yeah, because I was just thinking, I was just trying to clarify that for my brain (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool but yeah Cyclops was so cool in this I mean he was a badass just lone man like taking on all these people that are morphing into all their past like foes like ooh there's that one weird that one weird like gray tentacle thing I don't know don't know what that was but it reminded me of like Crank from Ninja Turtles that pink stomach thing (laughs) And it's weird because it looks almost exactly like Krakoa, which was one of, oh. like, the first, um, like, things that, like, Storm and the new X-Men fought. But, like, Krakoa was green, like, more of an island, and he doesn't live in lava. He lives in water, so. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't find any notes. He vaguely, like, makes me think, like, of another character, but 
I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm missing something or if he's made it for the show. Okay. Yeah, he, I just think of the Ninja Turtle thing. Yeah. But but that's all I got. Just giant and gray. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot. I have a quick correction. Okay. Shawnee from last episode was actually in one of the comics, Kevin. <gasps> oh. Yeah, I forgot. She was like a really quick part, and Storm did go in and help her with her pregnancy and her birth, but uh, she did not give birth to Mijnari, but there was a, an elder in the village named Mijnari, so that's most likely where the name came from. Gotcha. Okay. Well, cool little yeah. thing to know. Yeah. I forgot. Julia talked about that live, and then when I was looking up um, Mijnari to draw, I came across the old man character. I was like, damn it, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, see? This is why your drawing stuff is very helpful. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you've ever told anybody, but the people, the, the little promos you put on the Instagram are all your own works, your own hand drawings, which is very impressive, you know? Thank you, Kevin. Yes, they yeah. is. Yeah, I love that. And <laughs> it makes this the very unique to the show. It's not something we just pulled from the internet. This is something that's unique for us. And I mm-hmm. really love it, and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, is it two? Two, okay. Two. Rogue coffees on by <laughs> and sees Cyclops getting the shit kicked out of him in the danger room. She's like, Gambit, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> um, she wicks, walks in on Gambit and stops the danger room just before it eats Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> she tells Gambit, but he seems out of it. He tells her, they're going to whisk my brother and leaves in a daze. <laughs> so I had the opposite thought of you. I was like, Cyclops is such, like... He's so full of himself. Like, oh, just put it on the highest setting. I got it. <laughs> but I guess, like, he was challenging himself, expecting that Gambit would stop it if it got yeah. too dangerous. Right. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's like when you get on a workout where you, you feel pretty confident with your workout. And you're like, oh, I think I can take a little bit more, a little bit more of a challenge today. And then it was amped up more than you can handle. So, yeah. Yeah. Think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I still think he was doing a really good job for the most part. He was. He held his own for a while. Yeah, yeah. Down in the danger room, Cyclops lays model-esque and chesticles exposed on the floor. Jean comes to his aid. Rogue enters and mentions Gambit's brother. You know what? I thought I had a note here of who he sees in the danger room. It's most of the people we've already seen in the show, like uh, Apocalypse Sinister, Omega Red juggernaut but then there's like the green like the alien that's wearing like the cutoff top <laughs> yeah uh, i think that was a xenox okay gambit leaves in an x-jet and remembers him and bobby in the thieves guild we see that the thieves lost the tie to the assassins because the chosen one was late the assassins guild are given strength the thief man nervously drops the tithe box and the external banishes him. Bobby and Belladonna are picked to be the next chosen ones. So I just I don't understand how this works. I don't I just didn't understand what this was. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. And you're right, uh Belladonna's in this, so we saw her real quick in season one, which is yes. cool. Yes, her little, his little flashback. So we see her in here. Yeah, and so the way this looks like it works, and this is very kind of simplified from Gambit's backstory in the comics, but uh, every 10 years, they have to bring a tithe to the external. And what, and what is a tithe? Like a tithe is something used in, like, religion, where it's basically an offering. So you usually hear, like, in a church setting, a tithing would be a uh, donation of money. But in this, it's more like an offering of something to her. And it has to be something specific because she doesn't like everything? Yeah, it looks like it has to be something specific. Interesting. So um, it looks like every 10 years, they both have to bring their tithe. Whoever brings it first gets extra strength. And... Um, if you don't bring it at all, then you're punished, it looks like. 
Oh, so okay. Yeah, I was just like, I don't understand what's going on. I, th I called this lady Space Alien Drag Dominatrix Storm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd actually put her as a 90s moment. For multiple reasons, because number one, she's dressed the way she is, <laughs> but also because in the 90s, the externals became kind of like a big story plot there. This character herself was made up for the show, but she's kind of like an amalgamation of other characters that were used. So there's like Gideon, Kandra, Cannonball. There's a big storyline where like they were immortals who couldn't be killed and like they did all these things behind the scenes. So that's where this idea of the external in this episode comes from. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just they just and, always have reminded me of Storm, these people. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Um, it looks like in the official book put out by Eric Lewald, the monster in the beginning is just referred to as Lava Monster. Mm, okay. Rogue and Jean check on a wounded Cyclops. Jean shares the pain she felt in Gambit. Wolverine walks in and offers his help to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. Easy peasy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gambit lands in Tiana's Bayou Adventure. I mean, <laughs> uh, lands in the bayou and hops in a boat with Pierre. Oh, and I called him Homeless Rambo. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> what a homeless swamp Rambo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he says they found Bobby. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> the, the accents in this episode I just kept laughing because everything was so like so much so cartoony I laughed <laughs> um, but the assassins have him they captured him on the tithe the assassins used Bobby to get to Gambit <laughs> yep. or are using Bobby 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 <laughs> and I don't know if we've said this on this show but assassin is my favorite word because you get to say ass two times in polite yes. conversation now the world knows the truth. Now the world knows. listen to the Charmed Show. Yeah. Podcast by podcast. Mm -hmm. Wolverine flies Jean and Rogue over the bayou. Jean somehow sees his plane and they land. Wolverine smells the inside of the jet and the trio start tracking Gambit. So yeah. I kept writing bayou because they never said exactly where they were going. I, I assume Louisiana or New Orleans, but who knows? Right. It could be anywhere that has these these uh, environments. Mm -hmm. Did you notice when they're flying, Jean just points and she's like, there's <laughs> this plane. And I'm like, but everything was moving so fast. It all looked the same. There were just trees. How did she see the plane? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Pierre and Gambit come to the Assassin's Guild Manor. Gambit demands that the gods let him see Bobby. They take him to the cell. As Bobby and Gambit argue, he's like, you made me a thief. I was your brother. You're still a thief. Thief. <laughs> yeah, you made me a thief. I just laughed and laughed. Uh, <laughs> Enter Belladonna. Uh, she's mad that Gambit walked out on her. She offers Remy marriage for Bobby. I still have your rang. <laughs> he accepts. <laughs> Bella uses the rang to tap Gambit and torture him with it. <laughs> so Bella Donna, she first appeared in X-Men number eight in May of 92. So this is like wow. we've seen with a lot of other characters. She's like barely even a Fresh. year old and they're already putting her in. Yeah. Crazy. But she's it's pretty similar. Gambit and uh, Belladonna fell in love, but they were both from opposing Romeo and Juliet sides, and they shouldn't be married. But in this one, the thieves and assassins actually wanted them married because it could bring peace between the two guilds. Uh huh. But then Gambit leaves. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Meanwhile, Wolverine, Jean, and Rogue find Gambit's old home. 
they use the professor's files. She, <laughs> I like the way like um, Wolverine and Rogue were kind of talking, and then Jean just goes, "I sense people." <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so out of the film and so funny. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> All right. The floor gives out and the three fall down a shaft. They finally have been trapped by the Thieves Guild. The Thieves Tink, the trio, were sent by the Assassins. The X Men break free and fight. Pierre comes running in with Bobby and the Tithe. They reveal Gambit has been captured. Rogue looks surprised when she hears Gambit has a woman. A woman? <laughs> yeah. Um,. When they walked into this house, though, I I was immediately got like Resident Evil Mansion vibes, which is funny you say that because today on Netflix the Resident Evil show starts. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Cal Quanti dance. Yeah, it was very Resident Evil though. You're right. Yeah, they walked in there and just like, oh, you go that way, you go this way. I hope this isn't Chris's blood. You know, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I found funny about the entrance? What? This goes back to our hammy episode, Kevin. So they fall down that shaft. I didn't see Rogue flying over to save Jean. Jean quickly saved herself. Yeah. Ha-ha. So that goes more to she manipulated and used Rogue to save her to be like, good thing you got your powers. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very, see? Ooh, Jean. Mm. Yep. She's the big mastermind. Yeah. Alright, ten. Gambit is all decked out for his wedding. Yum. <laughs> he rips off the clothes and oh yeah, that's you know, I love a man in a suit. It's a, I have a, I have a bit of a suit fetish for people who don't know. So yes. It is mm. nice. Now um, we all know. Now you all know. He rips off the clothes and tells Bella there's no way he'll go through with this. Bella doesn't oh, Bella tells him he doesn't have a choice. She gave a fake tithe to the chiefs to set them up to be killed by ex- the external. Oh my gosh! Traitorism! How evil. Traitor. I know, yes. this is dark. She just like is saving Gambit. That's it. Yeah. I'm gonna kill your family. Yeah, I'm yeah. killing your brother and all the people you grew up with, but like, do you love me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still have your rat. Kiss. <laughs> the X-Men watches. Bobby prepares to offer the tithe. Gambit walks in late with the assassins. Bella intros Remy as their newest member. Gambit pushes her and tells everyone it's a trap. Fighting ensues. Rogue gets real excited when it looks like Gambit isn't into Bella. Rogue pushes Bella, so Bella shoots Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, yeah, I was, there's a lot of things that happened with this. I remember Bella Donna Lash was like, <laughs> she was like this really like <laughs> this crazy laugh. <laughs> I don't know, it was weird. So that made me laugh. Um, and then I was like, ooh, Rogue likes Remy. And then she's like, Sajusa, get away from my husband. <laughs> It's like, he may, he may have kissed a lot of girls, but he's only in love with one or whatever. Like, with <laughs> something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did I finish this? Oh, yeah. No, you, you read that. <laughs> yeah. Twelve. All right. On the battlefield, Wolverine tries to cut the ring off Gambit, but it burns him. The thieves and assassins dance fight. They're breakdance fighting. (laughs) Jean takes all the weapons. Everyone fights bareback. Rogue confronts Bella. Jean mansplains that they need to help find the real tithe or all the thieves are dead. (laughs) Wow, this is dark. Yeah. A light shines through the action as the external arrives. She senses the tithe is false. She calls Bobby and Bella to the front. The external starts to punish the thieves when everyone tries to mansplain that the assassins cheated. Jean mentally shows the external the truth and then faints. The external sees Bella for what she is and ensnares her. 
Gambit saves Bella by just having her powers taken instead of killing her. Gambit leaves the ring and bounces. Wolverine carries Jean. Yeah. Ooh. I found it very easy for Gambit just to lay down that law and be like, just take her powers. Take the thing that she is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like, she needs to be punished, but don't kill her because she needs to suffer. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, it's just, yeah. This history. I get it. It's fine. (laughs) Where are we? 14. All right. Back at the manor. Cyclops is hurt that Gambit didn't just tell them about his issue. Jean explains trust, and we all learn something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, very full house moment there. Very full house moment. <laughs> In the Savage Land, Magneto and the Professor and the Skipper, too, walk through an empty village. Magneto and Professor X bond over war. Enter Barbus. There's a small battle, but it is one with bees. Magneto and his boyfriend escape. Escape. Oh, so it's not Barbus the from Chart, but it's Barbarous? Barbarous, yes. Oh. Don't call me Barbara. Just call me Barbarous. <laughs> anyway. So, um, Barbarous. Cameo. This is his first cameo. He was introed in X Men sixty two all the way back in November of nineteen sixty nine. Kevin. Wow. Yeah, and for a long time, I mistook him for Forearm, who is not Barbarous. They are two different characters who look exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So that brings us through another episode. So would you say that externally yours was extreme or X out? I'm going to extreme it, even though I didn't quite understand it. I still had a good time with it. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I know it was really fun. I loved the accents. I love the costumes. I love the craziness of it all. Um yeah, I think it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, this one's always memorable to me. So, yeah, I put it as extreme also. Yeah. Um, who would you say is your MXP? My MXP for this one is <laughs> <It's> Cyclops. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because him in that danger was, like, super cool and super hot to me. I mean, it has nothing to do with the real th- meat of the episode, but it's still, it made an impression on me. I'm like, oh, Cyclops is getting it. Look at him fight these guys. Oh, I love it. And I'm so I'm like, yes, he, he, he got my heart in this one. Okay, okay. My MXP was Jean. Okay. I felt like she was so nurturing to Cyclops. She also, like, was so willing to go after Gambit. And then she's the one who ultimately like convince the tithe not to kill the thieves yeah that, that's a good one yeah what would you say is the x factor i'm gonna say something that's very x-men very typical of x-men to do is having characters confront their demons in the past and and see their history and you get to learn about them and um, I'm, so I'm going to say Gambit going back and dealing with some of his unfinished business and dealing with the family and dealing with the people in his life and, and uh, having a, a bit of a resolution with that. Yeah, I would agree. For better or worse, every single character has this like huge, <laughs> crazy backstory like where you find out like their parents, our parent is an alien or a time traveler. Or, and it gets to a point where you're like, yeah. how come none of them just had a normal childhood? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it is very X-Men and it is something true of like many heroes. Because like, I think two years ago we found out Captain Marvel's mom is an alien, which is why she took to the power so easily. So yeah, it mm. happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So for this week's Previously On, we want to know from all of you listeners... Uh, sexy exes, if you will. Would you rather be a thief or an assassin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a good... Ooh, who would I be? I'd probably be a thief. 
Just because it's fun to say. Well, assassin's fun to say too. Both of them are fun to say. Thief and assassin. Um, but I feel like <laughs> assassin, like you're killing people. Like I know. thief, you're just stealing. That's more funner. Right. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't feel as bad. And I could be, I could be all Robin Hoody about it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, then be, then, and Robin Hood is such a cool little fox. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he made our uh, sexiest uh, Disney characters list with Rachel and. Uh, Victoria. Well, it's extremely common for him to be among women, like the first crush, the first Disney crush. He's wow. uh, with a lot of people. I found this, like if you, if you like surveyed a bunch of women who grew up at that time or whatever, he was a lot of their first crush. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So I know actually, I heard there was like a study that a lot of people of our age group are um, furries because we did grow up with these strangely sexy characters. <laughs> you know, anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I think her name is Lola Bunny from Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of guys like identified with her as their first crush and she's a rabbit. <laughs> right. You know, so it's it's crazy the way that they, these create these movie makers created these characters so yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) well anyway um somehow we got onto that conversation (laughs) uh next week we'll be doing time fugitives part one and two oh okay time if people um want to spend more time hearing your voice kevin where can they do that yes uh you can find me on the hanging for a house Hanging with the Hallows, we just finished that up. So you can still go back and listen to the old episodes or the, the new quiz show that's coming out. Um, or it is out. I don't know by the time this comes out. Either one. Um, uh, and then, no, this will be out first. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, listen to anything that's on there. Or you can find my other podcast, Words of the Witches, where we're covering the Charmed novels. And we're nearing the end of those. And we'll be getting into the comics. Rashawn will be on that. So yeah, lots of stuff's happening. Or KGZ87. <laughs> cool. And you can find me on um, Once Upon a Cult, where we are back and we just talked about Teal Swan. And you can find me on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney, which we just added Rachel to our little pairing with me and Alan. Yeah. Cool. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.